Super Gundam style, everybody. Welcome to Wow Cool Robot, a podcast about Gundam Build Fighters. I'm Max. I use he him pronouns. And with me today are... Uh, hi, I'm Dan. I use he, they pronouns. And I'm Yuria. She, her. And we're back in the world of Build Fighters. We're back in Gundam Heaven. Um, mm-hmm. uh, glorious plastic heaven. We talked to Kaiba, and he let us use his weird afterlife teleporter thing from Dark Side of Dimensions, so we get to go to heaven mm-hmm. while he, like, you know, goes to hell to meet with Autumn every other weekend. Um, yeah. The show continues to be outstandingly good. It's great. Mm-hmm. I, I was telling Dan this before we started recording. Doing this back and forth with G-Witch and, like, regularly watching the new G-Witch episodes, not to go into G-Witch spoilers... It's very fun seeing the kind of like level of intensity and not like how dark a show can get, but just like how serious Gundam-y a show can get. And then we go to this and it's like, oh, my Gundam is a bear and he's also my OC and he's full of cotton and that's how I'm going to win a fight. It's just, (laughs) it's nice. Yeah. It's really, really nice. And it's very fun and goofy. And it's nice to like laugh at a Gundam show that's kind of like meant to be like very funny and low stakes. And people don't get mad at you for liking it because it's double Zeta. <laughs> oh no, what am I missing out with double Zeta discourse? Oh no. It's, 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 it's just, there's no, okay. All I will say is that there's no bad Gundam opinion except for people who tell you to skip double Zeta because that's wrong. Um, so, how about we start talking about these episodes? Uh, Dan, I believe you have the summary for seven. All right, yes, I do. Say and Reiji face off against their opponents for the regional championship. It's Gundam Double X, piloted by three guys in fancy uniforms. They win in the cold open, and their prize for victory is a vacation. Surprise! This is a beach episode. Say, Reiji, Rinko, China, and Mr. All engage in beach shenanigans for the day. At the end of the day, they retire to a traditional but run-down Japanese inn. Mao is also there. Uh, I guess all the regional winners are going here on different days. He's helping out, though... He's helping out, in part because he has a huge crush on one of the staff members, Misaki. Uh, They spend their evening relaxing or trying to help clean up the inn, but are interrupted when a van drifts in. It's Misaki's mother, telling them that they need to get out of here as soon as possible. Uh, This is because a small truck then crashes into the inn. Out of it come a land shark and his goon. Mr. Rao tells us this man used to be a famous gunpla fighter known as Blazing Tatsu. Tatsu has been pressuring the family that owns the inn into selling the land to it. Before things can get violent though, Sei offers a gunpla battle to save the inn. Uh, Mao decides to help him. Uh, Tatsu agrees under the condition that if he wins, he gets the inn for free. A fierce gunpla battle ensues in the inn's game room. Tatsu is piling the Apsaris 3. Asparis? Uh, Apsalus is, I think, what it says in English. Ah, Apsalus 3, which has been upgraded from its show counterpart to have eye fields. Things are looking bad, but Mao saves the day with his satellite cannon, which is somehow capable of firing even when the moon isn't out. Curious. Saiyan Reishi finished the job and the inn is saved. The episode was, ends with Mao leaving, uh, w- with and taking the secret with him, and our hero is free to enjoy in their v- vacation. But in the post-credit scene, we find out that PPSE has, b- has built a fancy new gunpla for their star fighter, Kawaguchi, 
uh, was now gone full char. Never go full char. Uh, so yeah, this... well, end up going dark. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's cool now. He has the visor. You can't see his eyes. That's how you know. I wish I know it's not the same continuity. I just want Boris to show up again. What's that guy yeah. up to? I want him to ride his horse. God. Uh, see, this one starts out with like the, the the regional finals or whatever, and they're fighting like a gold painted Gundam Double X. Um, the dude piloting this is just Jamil from Double X. It seems. Yeah, <laughs> or, I was wondering. Like that's one of the ones I haven't seen. I know. I know the man of Jamil, and I and I know his sideburns, and I know his cool glasses, and that's him. Uh, and it's like it, 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 it doesn't fucking matter. Say and Reiji win because of course they do. Mm-hmm. Still, we get to see like the build Mark II in action. Um, it's really yeah. confusing that um, Isla, who we learn her name is later, says it's like the white mobile suit. When if you like look at it, it's kind of gray and navy there's not really white on it like at least in the official art of it right um i guess the kit is a little bit more white but like it's, it's definitely gray to me i don't know what she's on about but you know there's they win enough. it's yes whatever uh they win um and as we see uh the mysterious white woman drive away like down the highway um her i guess like agent or handler whoever in the front seat is like a Ah, it sure was worth taking you under my wing after she, like, correctly predicted the ending to that battle. Uh, she's not that important in this one, but no. we'll be seeing her later. Kind of, yeah, I, it is, like, it does throw off a little bit how, yeah, we're already done with the finals for the regionals, so uh, right at the opening. Yeah, I, that's fine. Like, honestly, I don't really mind that they'll just, like, randomly show a battle if there's, like, 30 seconds of the Gundam kicking ass and just winning. It's like, you know what? They've earned it. Yeah. yeah. Let them let them win for just a, a win with no conditions. It is really funny that that this big match just ends in the cold open and the rest of the episode is a beach episode. I know. God, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we get that opening and we see like we cut to a Jeep driving on the highway. Uh, it's 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 Rinko and Raul and Say and Reiji and China and they're all going in Raul's cool Jeep to a hot spring because I guess like the winner mm-hmm. of every kind of qualifier uh, around the country gets a free stay at this like hot spring inn and Gina's like is it okay if I come along and Rico's like yeah they gave us five tickets for some reason hey there's five main characters of the show look at that anyway <laughs> and uh, Rico is not bad <laughs> Rico is playing matchmaker here she is. Rinko was like the Chris Redfield of this show, where she's just like, Chena, Chena, you've got to get with my boy. You've got to get with, say, Chena. He needs a girlfriend so yeah. bad, Chena. She wants she wants to preemptively ensure that in like 20 years time she'll have grandkids. Uh-huh. I mean, uh, honestly, it's probably the fact that Say's like always, the fact that Say's paying attention to like one person outside of like his gunpla building time, Rinko's like, this is meant to be. <laughs> um... <laughs> And and we're at the beach and and like Reiji jumps into the ocean and he's like confused because he's like, why is the water salty? <laughs> and we get this cute moment where Say asks Rawl is like, hey, are there any oceans that don't have salt in it? And Rawl's like, hmm, maybe in the colonies. <laughs> mm, I, buddy, <laughs> that's from the show. Um, yeah, I, it's a, I, I'm starting to think Mr. Rawl is just a reverse Isekai from the Universal yeah. Century. 
Yeah, he got what it. happened was, yes, when he's die- as he's dying in the show, as he, like, arms the grenade and gets kicked off the white base and, like, blows up in midair, uh, that it was, a fu- it was a fucking warp grenade, and he gets taken into the world of build fighters. He's the real main character. Mm-hmm. Uh, and th- then my notes say, uh, <laughs> I'll-, I'll read it verbatim, Awuga Rinko Big Honkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's... Why did the show do this? Well... <sighs> Well, it the main characters are all are all too young to be horny, so they need to get a hot mom on this show. <laughs> and uh, and Rao can appreciate her. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, this in a bold uh, in a bold new decision. Uh, this anime <laughs> has is trying to get us into milfs. Uh, I mean, I like Rinka. She's very nice. She is uh, very nice. What's not very nice is like the weird boob joke the show makes. Yeah. When because there's there okay there's a pretty silly part where uh, Rinko is like kind of like nudging Say to be like, hey, say something nice about China in her bathing suit because she's clearly like feeling awkward right now, and Say is like, it looks like it's made of a good material. It's good build quality, and Rinko's like, oh, cool. She's not a gunpla though. <laughs> what do you want about kid? <laughs> And then Reiji comes up, and t- t- it's just it's a stupid, gross joke where he just like looks at their chests, and and he tells Chinas like, "Hey, don't feel bad. I wouldn't worry about it." And it's it's it that's it, it sucks. Mm-hmm. Not not in my Gundam, please God, please. Don't keep this kind of joke in the beach episode. No, like, and then beach episode. I know, but but we do get the best part of this episode when we cut to the next scene, and Rambaral has. Fucking covered himself in sand, shaped like a goof, and that is the yeah. that that is the fucking payoff for this beach episode. Yeah, yeah, I fucking love that. How do you, like? I mean, he must have had like say. Honestly, it was probably he said, "Say, can you sculpt an R thirty five goof around me?" And says like, "Sure thing, sure thing, sure thing." He just does it from memory, even oh, though absolutely. you can see a little paper in the corner of that shot with a rock of of like a sketched out goof. So like. They planned this, and they, they oh my god, I really wanted to see a montage of, like, say, sculpting the sand overall to make him a goofman. Mm-hmm. It's I, good, it's so good. But then he actually builds a Zaku and says, no Zaku! <laughs> this is no Zaku, this is, boy! This is no Zaku, boy! <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and and they, they, they make it later that day to this bamboo house, it's called, it's the inn. Uh, and no one's there, and Mao comes running up. Uh, and we think that he's, like, the proprietor at first, but they kind of see that, oh, you're a guest, too, and we're just the only other people here, because I, I guess that not all the guests are here at the same time. Uh, and the owner, whose name is Misaki, comes out, and she tells Mao, like, hey, you're a guest, go back to your room. Uh, and he wants to help her out, because he has a huge crust and, and just wants to impress her. Yeah. And, you know, it's nice. It's not weird or anything. It's just, like, Ma- Mao's a very nice little kid, and I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he he wants to help. Mm-hmm. Uh. Uh, so yeah, we established that pretty much anyone who won like a block uh, gets to stay here for a couple days. Mm-hmm. Uh, Reiji and Mao almost go at it because one of them mentioned like like you know Reiji has heard about Mao and Mao's heard about Reiji and Mao's like this you know this inn has a battle system, uh, but say shuts it down. It's like hey, let's just chill, please. Yeah, um, chill. And then we see China and Rinko are in the same room together. And, like, China looks outside. And she notices there's, like, some, like, broken architecture on the courtyard. And, like, there's, like, some scribbling on the walls. Uh, and Rinko's like, hey, please, please, please become my son's girlfriend. Go spend time with him, please. <laughs> and just kind of, like, runs her off. 
She she goes to she goes to check on um say and like Rinko and or um Reiji and Raul go somewhere else. We do see a wall clock that says Anaheim on it, which is mm. oh very choice. I like that in Gundam yes. Anaheim Electronics is like Northrop Grumman, and in this they're just like they make clocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they're yeah, they're like General Electronics or whatever. Uh huh. It's like you know that's a pretty good improvement for being a war criminal company. I gotta hand it to you guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and China talks to, uh, say about this new gun plus she's building and we cut over and we see Reiji who wants to get some snacks, but Masaki's gone and we see her looking around the courtyard and she sees Mao who's like glued together the architecture and is like scrubbing the walls and fixing everything. And he talks about how, since he's like the best gun plus builder, he's really good at handicraft so he can. I guess that translates, being really good at tiny plastic models translates to, I can repair, like, several hundred-year-old stone structures and ancient walls real good with the same fucking, like, kit, like, the toolkit he uses for Gunpla. Uh, listen, there's there's exactly one skill on his character sheet that says building, uh, and you know what? He's gonna make as much use of it as he can. Yeah, yeah. he doesn't, he doesn't level his combat classes, just his crafting classes. That's a six feet summer joke. That's standard. Yeah. Um, so at, at this point, they hear like a car screech up and Misaki's mom comes running out, telling her to get the guests out of here, which doesn't really bode well. And then a car drives into the building. Mm-hmm. This it's, isn't this isn't great. It's a cute little truck, but it is very dangerous. Yeah, I, lo- uh, I love the fucking it's such a Japanese thing of like. When when you think of some some kind of you know an evil collection of suits who rolls in and starts wrecking shit, and I think like American culture, I'm picturing like a Chevy Suburban. Um, but no, it's like a little keg truck. It's so cute. It's so cute. I love it. And this big this big you know evil looking guy steps out. I thought he was supposed to be modeled after Ricardo Marcenas from Unicorn, but the wiki says he's Dozel Zabi, which makes sense too. Mainly like sideburns and tall. Um, mm-hmm. But this guy is named Tatsuzo, and Rambo Raw recognizes him as Blazing Tatsu, who was like a really big-time gunpla builder back in the day. Yeah. And now he's fucking, uh, he's a land shark. He's into taking over real estate. He has an HGTV show called Gunpla House Flippers and Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he fucking, he buys a property and replaces it with a, uh, uh, with a real-life gunpla statue. Uh <laughs> But it's all—it's like always like the shitty suits no one cares about. That's why people don't like him mm-hmm. doing this. Yeah, it's all I. Well, I can't think of an, enough gunplay to say. Just I, <laughs> it's a house shaped like the RB seventy eight nine ball. Yes, it's it's just it just oh it, he he places like the shitty ball houses everywhere. Uh, mm-hmm. I love the ball. The ball's so good. Yeah, stand ball. Um, <laughs> Reggie wants to just straight up like. Not gunpla battle this guy. Reiji wants to throw hands immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love to see that. Like, I'm trying. Are there any shows that do that where there's kind of like this one core conceit of every uh, conflict in the show is settled via this kind of stri- like you know Yu Gi Oh. People don't fight in Yu Gi Oh. They just like settle it through card games 99 percent of the time. Are there shows that do that where like they'll just have one episode they don't do the main thing and they just like fight it out instead? I, I feel like that did happen once in season zero of Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, Joey just, yeah. like, got into a, like, a fight with not Bruce Lee or whatever. Uh, I don't remember that. I remember the one where Joey, like, hospitalized a bunch of kids because he yo-yoed really good at them. 
I remember which is that, kind yeah. Kind of it. I guess the more mm-hmm. common thing is the opposite, where like mm-hmm. the show will have the core conceit whatever how they gamified it but then they'll be doing something weird like that one episode of dragon ball super where they play baseball instead of fighting and like mm-hmm. the whole thing is they can't use their techniques or power up and they just have to play baseball but they're still like in super saiyan god form <laughs> oh that reminds me an episode of uh there's an episode there's a baseball episode of steven universe where the joke is nobody knows how to play baseball and they're just making it up as they go fuck yeah that rules calvin ball mm-hmm um, uh, b- before it can turn to, like, to actual fisticuffs, uh, Say says, hey, where's the Gunplus show? We gotta sell it through Gunplus, sorry. <laughs> but Mao agrees, and he's gonna help him out, too. And the, mm-hmm. the stakes are, if they win, Tatsuzo leaves, um, but if he wins, he gets the in. And Misaki looks at this tiny little Kansai farm boy and is like, alright, I think this, these are amenable terms. Go save my in, Mao. And her mom's like, this, what, huh? this is a terrible idea, what are you fucking doing? <laughs> Just love these concert characters going, why are you doing all this Godless stuff? We're in the real world. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As we'll get into in the next couple episodes, there is a world outside of building Gunpla. It's great. It's so fucking, it's, it's such a, oh my God, I, I love the world building in this show. Um, so it's on, they're in the city map. Uh, we see, of course, the Gundam X-Mao and the Build Mark II launch. And then a big fucker beam just blasts through a building. It is the Upsalus Three from Eighth MS team, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Um, Com- complete with that weird little Zaku head in the middle that is impossible to see except in two rim shots. Right. I I really like it. I mean, I guess the whole thing is they needed like a camera, so they just kind of like slammed a Zaku head on it so the pilot of it could see. But it it is a very fun look where it's just like this weird. It's hard to describe what the Upsalus looks like. It's just like kind of like a long scrunkly green thing covered in. It, it's a very wide big Zam with no legs, except the legs fold out and they're really spindly. It's like a Pikmin boss kind of. Yeah, it's less of a traditional robot guy and more of just a big machine. Yeah. It, it's, it, it's, it's also a little bit like the Dendrobium. Yeah. I mean, it's... Stardust memory. Yeah, it's it's like a cool fucked up mobile armor. I honestly, I think the spindly legs are my favorite part of it because I, I don't know, I guess the, the giant orbs on the legs, I don't know if those are like propulsion tanks, probably that. Um, but the fact that it's so big and you see it start out floating and the legs like descend into the city so it can stand up. But you got to wonder if that's not like a huge design flaw because you just cut a leg off, that thing's going to tumble unless it can float by itself. And it just has these really spindly legs because they look cool. Which I hope is the real answer because I do think they look cool. Uh, and they're shooting at it, and uh, they find out quickly that it has an eye field, which the Absalus Three didn't have originally. Which is just fancy terms for we can't shoot it with beams because it just like disperses it. Um, oh my god! Wait, Uria, is the Dendrobium more expensive than the Neo Zeong? Ah, uh, I am actually not sure. I've only known the Neo Zeong being a. Uh... SD kit. Oh no, there is a high grade Neo Zeong. Um complete with like the fucking uh the giant ass propulsion tubes. If this is going on new type for okay, okay if the Dendrobium's 300 bones, they probably wouldn't have it in stock, I guess. I am saying USA Gundam Store has it for 275. Nope, the Dendrobium wins. Ah, alright. Get fucked full frontal. I'm glad that Lala took you into heaven. 
not this heaven. It's a different heaven. Maybe actually, I don't know. There's more episodes of the show. Full frontal might show up. Um, but they can't shoot it. The eye field deflects it. And what it does, this is really cool, actually. So I like uh, Tatsu's Absolus here because it kind of like combines things from different mobile armors throughout the series. Like it fires this kind of sort of like immobilizing, like almost rusting gas. And then it shoots out these electric leaders that you see from the fucking Adzam that appeared in like one episode of the original show. It's that thing that looked like the Dragon Quest slime with like the big stompy legs. Another Pikmin boss looking thing, honestly. Uh, it's just an electric cage, but like they're immobilized and they're getting zapped and like he can just fire lasers at them. No problem. And it's not looking good for the boys right now. Oh, no. Oh, no. Shit. Um, and then Mao just like decides he says some shit about like particle polarity or something. And he just is able to fire at the leaders and like free them. And he gets really pissed and he stands on top of this building and he gets a satellite cannon ready. He starts to glow and like. He casts this fucking badass, like, shadow of a flaming skull. Like, mm-hmm. the, the flames are behind him. And, like, the glowing glows where, like, the eye sockets and, like, the teeth of the skull are. It's really cool. I don't know how he did that, but I like that quite a bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even though the moon isn't out, like Tatsu says, he's still able to fire the um, the beam. And we get, like, a Dragon Ball Z beam struggle as, like, Mao's mm-hmm. beam pierces through the Epsilus's beam and just, like blasts a hole in the side of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, I I love this fucking beam struggle. We uh, need more of it! Actually, shit, I think, isn't, like, Build Fighters try more, like, martial arts-y? Like, I, I would think so, because it has the Build Burning Gundam. Yeah. Literally shit. just based off if, the G Gundam stuff. Like, if ever there was a Gundam show to have a DBZ-style beam struggle, I would guess it'd be Try. I'll find out eventually. Um... But after he blows a hole through, like, the, the side of the Epsalus, Tatsu realizes, like, after Mao talks about how he's um, the heir apparent to the, um, whatever his gun plus school is, he's like, fuck, Chinon's the head of your school. And we see, like, Chinon, the old sensei of Mao's school, like, throwing up the double peace sign. Just, like, it's very cute. I like that more than him, like, randomly sneezing, but I wish he would do both. And this is when Reiji, like, rolls up to the hole and just starts fucking unloading into it. And like Tatsu, Tatsu's gone. He's he's defeated. Very sad. Uh, and Raoul, of course, ever the ever the delightful old man gives the lesson to Tatsu, saying that Gunpla is evolving. You can't you can't only rely on your old tactics without evolving too. Uh, and now, as as agreed on, you got to leave the inn alone. And bye. <laughs> he leaves. Bye. No problem. Mm-hmm. We save the day with Gunpla and friendship. Yeah. <clears throat> um. So Mao leaves, and he leaves, like, in the van with Misaki's mother, of all people. Um, but sure, I guess, go off, kid. Uh, and, you know, they all vow to, to battle each other in the finals, which is probably the fifth time they've fucking done that. And we get credits. The song's really good, as always. And we cut to um, PPSC. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see Alan is his name, the blonde guy. He puts a comfort kit on the table. I guess this is the comfort amazing. Uh it's really cool. It's like a comfort. It has like these white stripes on it. And just like, it looks like more stealth than the regular comfort is. It's like, uh, hold on. Let me see if I can find a picture of this thing. Yeah. It has like white visor over its head and like a lot more like yellow accents and has like these two big fucker cannons on the back. I'm excited to see this thing actually in action because it's very pretty. 
And he hands it to who is a guy who is clearly Tatsuya Yuki, but he calls him Kawaguchi now. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Much to consider here. And we know that something's fucked up about him is because he already has his hair slicked back, but he's not mm-hmm. like in the battle. So clearly, like, I don't know. I think it's the visor. Yeah. I think they're, I think they're beaming Plavsky particles directly into his eyes. That's why he's yes. like this now. <laughs> yeah. Yes, he's become one with the particles. They gave him the hair gel, and it has, it's like fucking Plavsky hair gel. He's like putting that putty in. <laughs> this one made him all so, so fucked up and evil. Maybe evil. Hard to say. That's the episode. I mean, he's got the sunglasses, so he's probably in quattro mode. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's like, th- there's definitely a spectrum of like the evilness of a shark clone where you have like, I guess Quattro is more on like the n- less evil end of it. He did like basically get Camille killed. Um, but he was like objectively on like the least evil side of that war. And then like on the other hand, you have fucking God, who would be the most like evil shark clone? Uh, who's the full mask guy? Like literally. from F91. F91. Yeah. That guy. I think I- Iron he- mask or whatever. Iron mask. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. I'm thinking about it. Most of the shark clones end up being pretty, pretty decent people after all. I was going to say, maybe it's based on the amount of eye coverage, but no, that's right. Uh, Schwartz had only his Everything eyes but exposed. his eyes covered. Yeah. God, they really did fucking name that guy Schwartz Bruder, didn't they? I love G Gundam. <laughs> yeah, I love, I love his name. He's they they really named him Schwartz Bruder. Please don't an- analyze this show through the lens of Darth Vader through Star Wars. Please don't fucking know German and know what his name means. Oh, fuck. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, don't uh, question why the German guy has a ninja. that's the thing like the the best fucking part of that is like schwartz bruder aka like the kyoji android just took on the identity of the german gundam fighter who was already a german ninja like the thing (laughs) that germany's most known for their ninjutsu Doesn't it look like a fucking clown or something? So the the German um, Spiegel Gundam, I think it means Shadow Gundam in German. But like, you, there's really nothing here. I'm posting in Gundam Heaven. It doesn't give ninja at all. It has like a fucking like old timey constable hat. Uh huh. Like I'm looking. The the colors kind of make it. It has these cool like uh like elbow blades. But like, it honestly doesn't give any kind of ninja. Right. I'm just looking at Schwartz Bruder's mask and it's just got like a fucking little jester tail. Dude, on the it. tassel is so fucking choice. It's so good. It it put Oh, I'm sorry. Spiegel means mirror in German, not shadow. Still. Mm. It's it kicks ass. I love Schwartz and stupid, stupid outfit. <laughs> um And that will take us to episode eight. Episode eight. I completely forgot to write down the name of the episode. Oh no. Encountering fighters. Counters of Fighters, yes. So the episode starts off with explaining Plasky particles, and there is a professor who goes, are you seriously looking into this particle thing that only affects toys? Because he's being explained to this by a young kid. And it also goes into how it only affects Gunpla because it is a secret technique, which is probably also an offhanded comment to never buy bootleg Gunpla. So it's been a month since the last tournament, Ricardo is talking to an old friend named Greco Logan, who is worried about his upcoming match against this young upstart, who is the kid that was explaining the Plasky particles. His name is Niels Nielsen, who is uh, also researching Greco in return. It turns out that Niels is only in the tournament to research more about the Plasky particles, and 
At this point, he decides in order to continue because Greco is a uh, twice world tournament fighter and has been in the top 16, he needs to unleash his special Gunplum model, which cuts to a very, very samurai-looking kit with two swords, and you can tell it's in a stray. Well, a variation of a stray. Uh, let's see. Back in the lab, they're, they're studying the underperformance of the Camphor Amazing with the help of Kawaguchi. And meanwhile, the white lady from that we saw from before, whose name is Isla Jokianen, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it. Anyway, she's introduced on behalf of the Flam Institution. And in the middle of that, Say is having a flashback while rebuilding up the Build Strike, which is just recounting the battles from previous. Then we cut back to Isla, who is being tested by a man named uh, Gawain, and they have a quick battle. She just takes on a Jagan and he is piloting the Devil Gundam and just instantly defeats him very handily. Then we cut to the American Qualifying Finals and it is now Greco versus Niels. And it is, very, we just get a lot of animations introducing the two contestants. Some, a very, very excited announcer who apparently is based off a of Tomino. So then we get to the final battle. Greco sends out the Tolkien's Valkyrie, his upgraded usual. And Niels launches his new model, the Sengoku Astray. A variation of the Astray Red Flame with swords that are stored in the shoulders as its main like notable feature besides the whole fairy samurai look. Greco tries to capitalize on the Astray, only carrying melee weaponry, but not only is the Astray dodging very easily, he uses sword beams. In order to use distance fighting, Reko manages to keep up, even losing both arms of the Talkies. He decides to instead do a jet tackle and tries to crush the stray into a nearby rock. However, Niels unleashes a secret weapon, completely disabling the Talkies' Valkyrie, and sends it plummeting into the crater that was formed, winning him the match. There is a montage of the tournament wrapping up around the world. And I cut to Reiji just completely annoying say. Post-credits, Mr. Ramba goes to see Kaiser's fight. One of the previous world uh, winners, I believe. And he gets there, and the match is already over. And we cut to see Isla has won against him using the Cubile Papillon. I, I did I did the fucking Leo point when I saw Isla's Cubile. I'm like, fuck, I know what that is. Give that back to Haman. Um... <laughs> It's it is the Cubile Papillon, and I believe that is French. Oh, Papillon, it's French. Okay. The cube, the cube butterfly. I can't wait to see what the fuck that thing does. It's a very. It, it looks like an Arizona iced tea. It's like teal and purple, or teal and like magenta. It's a very interesting color scheme. Uh, but for, yeah, so the episode starts out with that little like spiel on uh Plotsky particles. I swear we've definitely gotten this lore dump before. Uh. But this is like, this is this little boy Nils talking about it to like some other professor. He pivotally is not at PPSC. Like he's either some competitor or like an independent party because like he wants to know more about it. And like the backdrop to this is Nils piloting this like red and gold Hyakushiki, um, cutting up an F-91. And like the, the professor in the room with him is kind of wondering like, why uh, PPSC is only using Plowski particles for basically playing with toys. 
uh, I guess, doing the fucking Wall Street brain trust of, can we turn this into a weapon? Can we monetize this? What's the deal? Um, but he has to enter the tournament to, like, find out what Plavsky particles are. And, like, hopefully he can do it and, like, meet the people running Pl- uh, the PPSE works. So, we'll see. This kid seems nice, though. I mean, yeah. anyone who uses the Hyakushiki, I'm going to be a big fan of from the gate. So <laughs> I'm very into his angle of... We can use Plavsky particles for things that aren't uh, that aren't toys. Uh, uh-huh. It's a very Gundam angle of like we're in peaceful Gundam heaven. Let's turn this into a weapon of war. Mm-hmm. We could we could name it after someone else. Maybe we can name it after Tomino. We call him Minovsky particles. <laughs> we call him Tominovsky particles. Uh. So we, we, we get the little opening, and we're in the fucking Big Apple, New York City. I'm walking in. Hey, forget about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the yeah. most American man is here, Ricardo Fellini. <laughs> Ricardo Fellini and Greco Logan. I and love names. Greco Logan. Greco Logan is like the most important character in the show. He's like, he's just like a fucking beefcake. He's, he looks, oh, he looks, I'm trying to remember his name. The guy from. He reminds me of one of the guys from Ghosts in the Shell. Oh, he looks like... Yeah, he's giving Bato in a major yes, way. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Um, Who is the fucking... Uh, 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 who's the shark? Uh, Kisame Hoshigaki. He's also giving me Hoshigaki from Naruto, the fucking like, weird shark guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Mainly because like he has a similar hairstyle and he's like also just very big and beefy. Um, He rules. He's like this dude who wears like a very like wide collared gray t-shirt and like big gray uh, green pants um and he's like best buddies with uh ricardo like they hug each other it's very nice um yeah. ricardo sees that his he's he's like working on his um he, he's like a blueprint for the talkies valkyrie which i don't know if it's that different from the talkies it looks like the talkies three it has like the it doesn't have like the whip thing but it does have like that big ass cannon um but it's it's this really cool. I mean, we don't see it until later. But like, it's this cool like military like dark green and gray color scheme with like a bright orange visor. Mm-hmm. Fucking love the tall geese. Um, but we do learn that his next opponent is this random newcomer to Gunbla who's only has three months experience. Uh, and his name is Niels Nielsen. Another incredible name. I love that. Love that. Oh my god, that one. That that Niels Nielsen treats me right. It's very fun to say. Um, <laughs> he's a uh, nice little boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've also got uh, PPSE testing out their cool new gunpla uh, for uh, Meijin Kawaguchi. Uh, I-, I love this like little training exercise where he's like, where they're like going into like the water and like different environments. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Meijin Kawaguchi is like what is, is who Tatsuyuki is now, of course. Um. The backstory here, which I really, really love, is that... I don't know if you know this, Dan. This is a Slifer the Sky Dragon situation. This is almost oh. the exact same thing, where Slifer was named after, like, one of the like the four kids' execs, I think. Uh-huh. Um, Meijin Kawaguchi is in reference to a man named Katsumi Kawaguchi, whose nickname was Meijin, who is a Japanese professional modeler and executive director of the Bandai Corporation. He's the director, of, he's the director of promotion and marketing in the Gundam model kit line. God bless. They named this fucking dude after like their boss. I love it. Um, and and so the and the, and this is a fun thing too. And I I guess you could kind of see it as like uh, foreshadowing in the story. Meijin means master. 
Um, I, I believe Colin told me it's like originally a shogi term. Um, but all of Yuki's model kits have amazing in them. And it is spelled with the exact same characters as the title Meijing because it would be Amazing, like Comfer Amazing, Zaku Amazing, and Meijin is like spelled with the same characters. So it kind of is like, it's his whole thing. It's Yuki's whole thing now of being like Meijin Amazing is cool. Uh, it's a very cute little reference. And uh, Alan mentions like, we can, you know, hey, the tests are going great, but we can't really uh, let our guard down yet. And some guy's like, ah, you're talking about Nemesis, led by the Methane Hydrate Excavation King? And I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? This this isn't, like, expounded upon at all. Nope. He's just, this is just a guy who, who made his fortune excavating Methane Hydrate. Uh, yeah? Yep. It I sure thought it is. was... All <laughs> I can think of is that this is maybe a reference to, like fucking Paptimus Sirocco from Zeta Gundam and how his whole thing was like extracting helium three from Jupiter. And that's why he was so important. Cause he was like, so good at that. I really don't know. Do we ever get this old dude's name or is he just the, the methane hydrate excavation kink? That is a good question. It is an interesting background. I will say I'm uh, just going to call him. Uh, his name is Joseph. Oh, I, <laughs> there is no, there is no reality in which I can pronounce this fool's last name. Yeah, that's why I didn't try. Mm-hmm. His name is Yosef K-A-N-K-A-A-N-S-Y-R-J-A with a numlaut. Mm-hmm. I'm going to call you King Joseph. <laughs> so King Joseph is, is in his big old mansion that's on a lake in Finland, I think. Um, he's meeting with Mr. Barthes from the Flana Institute, which is just the Flanagan Institute from Gundam. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's just this blonde dude with glasses, but he's the dude who was in the car with, uh, the mysterious white woman from earlier, who's like her agent. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he's kind of like bringing her to King Joseph to kind of like show her skills. And we finally get at her real introduction. Her name is Isla Yerkiainen, uh, J-Y-R-K-I-A-I-N-E-N. I'm going to call her Isla because it's a cool name and I can pronounce yeah. that part. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> King King Joseph says that Nemesis wanted the best gunpla fighter. Um and he seems kind of like unhappy with Isla's impression probably cuz he's like a weird misogynist. Uh and we know a girl can't be good at gunpla. Yeah. Uh, but she is allegedly the best human fighter, which is you if you have to assure me that she's the best human fighter, I'm going to kind of assume from the get-go that she's some kind of, like, cyber new type enhanced human. <laughs> it's, like, it's a very interesting qualifier that when you introduce yourself as such, I'm going to assume there's something... You might be enhanced in some way, Isla. Best human fighter. But <laughs> uh, King Joseph calls in Gawain, who is... Um, he's, like, one of the best... I guess he's, like, Nemesis' current, like, heavy hitter. Um, to duel. He's like a weird... He has a fucking cool green vest with like an embroidered rose on it and like a soul patch. He looks like fucking a... Uh, uh, what's the dude's name? Harry Butts from Ace Attorney. Uh, it's... Uh, his name uh, Larry. Larry Butts. Larry, Larry Butts. Butts. When something smells, it's usually the butts. Yeah. Oh, I gotta replay those games. Uh, it's like he has like this... He has Harry, Larry Butts hair but is blonde instead of brown. Um, and he also has that nice little soul patch but... Um, we, we, we got a little, little cutaway to say who's like working on his gunplay in his room and he's kind of reflecting about how badly, um, 
he lost to Yuki that one time, and how the Absalus had that crazy eye field, and how Mao was able to use a satellite cannon without the moon, and he's just like, I gotta understand Plopsy Particles, I need an original Gunpla. So that's his whole fucking deal right now, he just needs to spend some time in the trenches just like working on making making the next thing for Bandai to sell. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, that's right. And the next thing we see is the fucking Devil Gundam. Ah, uh, oh, it's, it's it's good to see this old friend of mine. I I I I looked it up. Looked up a picture of Devil Gundam recently. I mm. would describe Devil Gundam's design as motherfucker supreme. Honestly, the Devil Gundam is so weird and cool, and it's like again, G Gundam kicks ass. It's like one of the best Gundam series. Um, I, just the fact that the, the Devil Gundam is like. When it kind of like folds up, it's like a Gurren Lagon type thing where it's like a face and like the body's on top of the face. Uh, and we see Isla kicking the Devil Gundam's ass in a fucking Jagan, like the most basic ass. I mean, the most basic grown suit, I guess, would be like the Jim or the Zaku, but like this is basic as of UC 93. Um, no extra accoutrements, it's just a Jagan, and she just has this, the, the beam rifle and the beam saber and the shield that shoots the missiles, and, like, she fucking beheads this devil Gundam with it. It's insane. I love Isla. She's so cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and she did it without the help of Kyoji! Kyoji? Have you, have you seen this man? <laughs> Look at this photograph. Uh, and King Joseph is like, alright, cool, you're gonna be the head of Nemesis's fighting now. Don't get conceited, you're gonna have to fight... Carlos Kaiser, uh, and we see this dude who has, like, cool fucking, like, black and blonde streaks in his hair, and he has this mm-hmm. cool purple and red painted Alpha Zero, and he is apparently, like, the previous world champion. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert, he doesn't matter. <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad he's here. Uh, he's, like, a guy with a cool design and a badass mobile suit that I don't, I really don't think we'll ever see this fool ever again. <laughs> uh, and then we cut to New York City. We get the fucking we we get Zachary Cooper and Ralph Jackson commentating the uh, American branch of this tournament. Uh, I, I six love point, it. yeah. Oh, wrestling. Yeah, this part is more overly American than Jeep Gundam got. So it's incredible. Six point five billion Gundpla fans around the world. We're coming at you live from the La Vienne Rose Garden. Are you hello? Are you kidding me? It's fucking show choice. It's La v- La Vienne Rose. I'm putting them making the nerd emoji. La Vienne Rose is the uh, repair ship from Zeta and Double Zeta. But fuck Madison Rose Garden. This is La Vienne Rose Garden. This is this is real New York shit. <laughs> and Greco Logan comes up. And he gets this fucking, like, Jumbotron little, like, animatic playing. He's the defending champion, the Raging Bull. His name is Greco Logan. And the crowd goes apeshit, and he walks out. And, oh my god, this is so fucking funny. I love this shit so much. A fucking Charging Bull animation plays. It's it's so silly. And Nils gets one, too. Nils is even fucking better. Because... We learn he's 13, he has three PhDs, and as the announcers say that, you see, like, the fucking, it's like a, a, a like, word art PowerPoint transitions of the, the PhDs fading in and out. Particle physics, high energy physics, Euclidean space physics. His father is a world-famous detective, and you see, like, a fucking silhouette of just basic little, basically Sherlock Holmes. And his mother is a martial arts master. He is Superboy Nils Nielsen. 
He gets like three different nicknames. Dude, he is the character of all time. I love this kid. He gives his iconic samurai hello. <laughs> samurai hello! <laughs> he's, he's wearing like traditional Japanese clothes for some reason. Uh-huh. Uh, they call him the early genius. The early, <laughs> the early genius is like definitely also like a Yu-Gi-Oh villain of the week. Mm-hmm. Superboy Nils Nielsen in his fucking Sengoku deck. Uh, of course, Greco tells him he can't let him win because he has to fight Ricardo. And Nils is like, well, all right, I'm going to win anyway. And he throws off his coat. And Nils sets the Sengoku astray. Uh, this thing is incredible. I sadly do not have Sengoku astray, but I do have that one. Uh, uh, what's, what's that line variation in the SD line? Oh, Romancing fuck. The Three Kingdoms, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 shit. I know what you're talking about. If I honestly, I could look at the the red frame on the Gundam wiki and what it variants, but it's like an entire goddamn like page of what this thing turns into. <laughs> yeah. Bandai, have... The only thing Bandai loves more than the unicorn are the Estrays. Well, that was like the Estray was basically made to be like, hey, how about we make a cool weapon? And then they're like, I mean, shit, how do we make a katana actually like make sense in the Steam universe? And they didn't have to change a single goddamn thing about it. They just gave it a big katana and called it a day. And you know what? I think it worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, being a cool robot is one thing. If you're a cool robot and you don't have a beam saber, you don't have like, you know, a Gatling gun, you just have a fucking katana, like a normal ass Japanese katana. I'm going to respect you and fear you because I know that you can do some cool shit with it. Mm-hmm. Um, One of these days, I'll attach the Delta armament to my straight Master Grade, but yes. today is not the day. I just have it holding its sheath and sword, and that's mm-hmm. more than enough for me. That's all you need, honestly. Uh, and the, the Sengoku astray is like you can tell it's like based on the red frame, but there's a lot different about it. Like its legs are very bulky. It has these like green jewels everywhere. Um, I like that its feet kind of look like it's wearing tabby. Um, it has this, like, really cool, like, very samurai face mask going on. Uh, I like that kind of, like, gold mustache-looking thing it has. And it has, like, the the really big, like, uh, layered plated shoulders. And it also... The sheaths of the swords aren't on its waist. They're on top of its shoulders. It has a really cool silhouette. And also, if you, if you look at the rear art of it, it has, like, a fucking giant, like, terrifying Oni shield. Oh, I've never seen that before. Wow. It's so cool. Like you see it, you see it for a split second um, in this episode, but like you just kind of see a close up on the eyes of it, so you can't really tell what you're looking at. Um, it's so fucking cool. Look, the only thing cooler than a robot with a katana is a robot with two katanas. And if there was a robot with three katanas, that would be Zoro from One Piece. Oh, the S- that SDS talking about does have three swords. Fuck yes. Fuck yeah. That's what I'm talking about. In fact, Hold on, I gotta find let me this. Grab it. Yeah, let me see. I gotta see this shit. I wanna see SD. Oh, oh, whoa. Yeah, that's it holds it like Zora from One Piece because it has a mouth. It, it that's it. It's the uh, Santoryu. I think there's like the Dragonix version of it that I think has these like weird. A stray red dragon has like three big guns that might also be swords. Hard to say. Um. God, it's just like, I, I used to not really care for the Astray that much. And like, I still kind of don't. 
But I think more than anything else, I respect the hustle of just like giving this thing a trillion different forms. So like there will be an astray for someone. Let's see. Oh, I think I a lot of people get thing. thrown off the astray, not because of like being oversaturated. It's the fact that most of them have stickers for the swords and that's a real pain. Yeah, really. Like you got it. You got to paint it. It's hard. I, you got to get some nice chrome paint, but it's worth I think it. the inverse astray from the battle log at least does not use stickers, which would make it the first like non-master grade slash perfect grade. Mm. I don't know if the real grade uses has like chrome plated. I want to say the real no. I think the real grade also. Um, it it's like the runner is um chrome plated. Okay. I mean, you'd expect for a real grade. Although the, the real grade Astray's face is really funky looking. Like the mouth vents are really far apart. It looks very strange. But anyway, enough gushing about this thing. Um. We gush about the Sengoku Australian battle instead. Because it's a fight. You know, Greco's firing him from the Talgi's Valkyrie. Nils is dodging it. And, like, Greco extends a cannon, fires a full burst. And Nils, like, literally just fucking cuts through it with his swords. This is genuinely One Piece Zoro shit. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Greco, like, gets crushed by a falling mountain when, like... We we know that Nils is full on health because he's firing beams from his sword, just like the Master Sword in Zelda. Yes. Yes. Uh, I was trying to... Remember what the, like, remind me of with it being the cross sword beams instead, though. Yeah, you know, I, that's a good question. I'm sure it'll come to me in, like, two days, and I'll, like, wake up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat. Be like, that's what it is. Um, but Gre- Greco, like, gets back up after, like, this mountain falls on him and charges Nils. And, like, they, the the tip of uh, the tall geese's beam saber and the tip of the Sengoku's katana, like, clash and like the katana cuts through the beam saber and nils cuts one of greco's arms off and he like tosses the beam saber to the other arm and that arm gets cut off and then he just kind of like activates the tall geese like bone breaking heart attack thrusters and like basically like rams into the sengoku trying to crush it into a mountain um and it does something it's hard to say what it is but we see it's kind of like shoulder armor start to activate and the shield's eyes kind of glow and Somehow, the tall geese just kind of gets, like, blasted apart and Nils wins. But we don't know what happened. Uh, but also, holy shit, this is so cool. I love this fucking thing so much. Uh, I just remembered. It. I was thinking weirdly of Gaius from Final Fantasy XIV because he has an X-shaped sword beam. Oh, mm. yeah. Just, I uh, think, just, I, yeah, yeah, shit, you're right. Honestly, I really like, I want a Gunpla that has, like, Gaius's head. Not the human, the fucking judge head from like Final yeah. Fantasy twelve looking ass. I would love just a gunpla that looks like, I don't know, uh Garland from Final Fantasy One. Oh, that'd be good. I'm Googling Final Fantasy Gundam. Um there's a lot of Gundam wing cross Sephiroths I'm seeing, which makes Great. a lot of sense, because all yeah. you need to do is take one of those wings off of it. <laughs> Okay, hold on. Uh, so apparently there was a fucking play arts figure of Bahamut, and I have to go um, steal some money to buy it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, it's so pretty. Hold yeah, on. This is I'm, I'm pasting. I'm pasting it in the Gundam Heaven chat of this fucking thing. Is this Bahamut from fourteen, or is this the Bahamut from twelve? Uh, it says. Hmm, I'm not sure. I don't. This is the Bahamut from. Or no, it's not. Of course, it's not the Bahamut from fourteen. Fourteen is the fucking Moon Dragon. Um, yeah, it's the Bahamut. Is it from ten? Yeah, it's the Bahamut from ten. Still, uh, Bahamut's like the fucking coolest uh, summon ever. Mm-hmm. Sorry, not sorry. And um, back in the world of the show, we're supposed to be talking about. 
before I got too excited about Final Fantasy Gunpla. Um, <laughs> Get on it, Bandai. Yeah, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ricardo thinks to himself, ah, this is a reformation of Gunpla, all this new talent springing up around the world. And we cut around. We see the winners of the tournaments all over the world. We see uh, Thailand, I think it is. Um, this guy holds up. It's a, it's based on a victory suit, and you can tell because it's a bug. It's the Abigorbine, which I guess is like a Dunbine reference, I think. Just based on the name, Abigorbine? It's a cool purple beetle, though. And uh, we see like these, these twins um, winning a tournament in Argentina. And like it, I don't think they matter because their suit isn't really like focused on at all. If, um, I think that was the GM cannon. Okay, yeah, all right, yeah. Re- respect winning a whole tournament with a gym cannon, though, honestly. Not even gym cannon two, just the first edition. Just the one. You, you gotta go retro. Um, we see, like, Mao tuning up his ex at the Shingyo school in front of his master. We see Kawaguchi, like, approaching his comfort dramatically. And we see Reiji, like, face smeared against the glass of, of Sei's workroom asking about his gunpla. And, like, Sei does the same thing. Be like, can you please give me a minute? Mm-hmm. Um... And then we get the credits, and then after the credits, we see Raul, who, like, rushes to the arena in town to, like, you know, see the end of the latest match. Because uh, the Kaiser, last year's world champion, is fighting this new girl, Isla. And we see his Alpha Zero is completely in pieces, destroyed by the Cubelet Papillon. It's fucking... It, ha- it has a lance. What more do you need? It's a really pretty color, and it has a lance, and it's a Cubelet. And I love it already. Yeah. Uh, and that's the episode. Mm-hmm. Very, very, very little saying Reggie, but that's okay. We got a lot of world building this episode. Uh, yeah. yeah, honestly, my notes were all over the place because there's just like so much like going on and like so many people. But like, yeah, no, it introduces us to like the uh, King Joseph and Isla and mm-hmm. Nils, and we see like someone who's going to show up later, and it's good. Like, I honestly, I, I like when the show just like takes a break from the main boys because they have more important things to show us. Yeah, and, and next episode's. It really just gives us a wider view of like this, this like wild gunpla world and all the people yeah. in it and all the shit it's, people do. It's great. I really, I, I really like. Uh, I say this on Yugi all the time. I really like when shows do that thing of like showing that the entire world really is into like those singular interests that the show is pushing you. Yeah, there's some discourse lately about filler episodes. This was a filler episode, and shows like fillers, good. It's yeah, good. it's a thing. Like. As long as it's made competently and written well, it's like, I don't care if it's filler or, like, real content. Like, I'm not going to skip shit from the show just because, like, it's just, mm, it's good. I like it. Good show. Good Gundam. Uh, and I'll take us to episode nine. Wings of Imagination. Uh, Caroline Yajima attends a middle school art exhibition. She wants to defeat her eternal rival, China Kosaka, but comes in second place after China's painting of a bear guy eating honey. Seeing that China beat her with a painting of a toy, Caroline goes off to train under Nils to get strong enough at gunpla to defeat China. Uh, Rinko calls China asking for her help in snapping Sei out of his non-stop building in preparation for the tournament. She has Sei and Reiji help her train to pilot her bear guy, and at a girl's gunpla tournament, she faces off against Caroline. She uses an SD Night Gundam. Chena is able to win when the cotton that she stuffed inside her bear guy binds the Night Gundam, allowing Chena to throw it out of the arena. Even though she doesn't win the tournament, she's happy she got to spend time with Sei, who, upon seeing Chena's gunpla, finally figures out what to build for the upcoming world tournament. Uh, the bear guy is the best suit in this entire show, I think. Uh, I love it so much. Agreed. Agreed. Yes. I agree. It's, it's like... for Okay. I love the fucked up 
genuinely kind of creepy looking bear guy from um Gumpla Be- Beginning G that's just like a more realistic bear face. Um but also Chena's the best to ever fucking do it. And it's like Winnie the Pooh colors and it has like the holographic eyes so it can emote during battle. Oh my god, yeah. it's so good. Oh, I, I really like that little effect in when it goes into the battles. Yeah, it's yeah, adorable. how it like turns on. Oh, it's so sick. Yeah, don't need to apply different stickers when you want to change your eyes. Just have holograms. I have um I have a Sergeant Frog kit and the eyes on that do they they it's like mirrored kind of like so what you can do there's like a little knob on the back of Sergeant Frog's head where you twist it and the eyes kind of like recess and switch spin around and pop back out. So there's like two pairs of eyes with like different expressions on them. Oh, uh, like, that'd be really neat to have on a future bear guy. It, it's very cool, but like really kind of clunky. But honestly, I think with a bear guy, you could really do it because you got a lot of empty space in that head. I mean, you're going to be filling it with cotton if you're going to be building it faithfully to the show. So you might not have that much space, but still, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a cool touch. Neat piece of technology. Um, so yeah, the, the, the show starts out at a middle school art ex- exhibition. This blonde girl who looks a little bit like Mommy from uh, Madoka Magica is here. Her name is Caroline Yachima. Uh, and she's apparently China's eternal rival that we haven't heard about until now. Uh, apparently China's never heard about this either. I know. This yeah. is so funny. Like, she's just this. like... That's kind of like, I'm your rival. Who are you? Yeah, or no, in like, this case, it's like, oh, you're my friend. Yeah, she, like, Caroline's just her friend from grade school. Like, she calls her Caro, and there's, like, random moments where Caroline forgets she's, like, supposed to hate uh, uh, Gina, and she's like, oh, my God, your bear guy's so cute. Wait a minute, fuck, no, we're enemies. It's good. Um, <laughs> and we see Caroline's painting. Um, it's some fruit. Uh, and her bodyguard is kind of like congratulating her on the gold prize for her painting. Uh, Caroline asked Chena, oh, what did you do? It probably isn't as good as mine. And then we see uh, Chena won the grand prize. And it's just like a painting of a bear guy eating honey out of a jar, like Winnie the Pooh style. Great. Uh, I need this in real life so bad. Oh, my God. This is so cool. It's so cute. I love the bear guy. She she won for good reason. Uh, yeah. Except Caroline just gets fucking pissed when she realizes that Chena won, like, because of a gunplot painting and her bodyguard kind of like explains what gunplot is. And she's just like despairing and vowing revenge over this eternal slight on her soul. Mm-hmm. It's good. I hope Caroline shows up again. Um, we cut to uh, Kosaka Cafe. Sheena's waiting tables. We see fucking Jared and Kakrakon again. They came back for me because Jared knew that he's my favorite Gundam character. Mm-hmm. But she's like... She's really awkward uh, with these guys. Like, she's like, her eyes do like the Gendo Ikari glasses thing. And her dad kind of asks her to be friendlier. So she like, does the thing of she can't smile good. And she like makes like a horrifying face and he has to hide under the counter. Um, But then the phone rings in Serenko and she like actively answers the phone, like all kind of bright and cheery. And they're like, whoa, what? It's it's weird. I don't know. I like Gina though. Uh, and, And Rinko is on the phone saying that, hey, Say is kind of fucked up right now. He's like locked in his room. And he's only going out to eat food. Uh, and he's like in a gunpla funk. And I also need you to become his girlfriend yesterday. So please go help him out. And I think she calls him or she calls Chena his precious girlfriend. And like light bursts in through the window. And Sheena's like floating through space as if she's like in the new type soup. And she's like, yes, I will do this thing. Mm-hmm. It's cute. It's, I love it. Uh uh, so she goes to see, uh, I, I think she, she goes to see Say now, right? Yeah. 
she yeah. um she goes to say and she's like she's like hey you don't gotta work that hard like it's gonna be all right man and say is like i need to work even harder than this what are you talking about uh and she realizes that the only way to kind of snap him out of it is to like still keep him on that gunpla track so she asks him if he'll help her with her gunpla and he's like oh shit you have a gunpla yeah fuck you yeah, let's do it let's go right now i'll see you uh, at the park tomorrow yeah uh, uh they they meet uh uh we see her uh her fun little gunpla it's bear guy with original colors yeah uh, that she painted herself uh also uh uh their meeting is interrupted when uh Caroline Yajima gives a big Ojo Sama laugh atop like a slide or something. It's so fucking choice. She is like so goddamn dramatic. Uh, and she like hops down and Say and Sheena kind of get awkward when she's like, oh, you boyfriend and girlfriend. But then she sees the bear guy. Um, and like it's just like a solid minute of Caroline and, and um, Sheena like geeking out over the details. She's like, oh my god, it's so cute. And she's like, look, the mouth can open too. She's like, oh my god, that's so cute. I'm also saying this too. <laughs> but she remembers that she's uh, Chino's enemy. And she shows her a flyer for a girls gunpla battle. Uh, kind of like in honor of the tournament going on. And she wants to defeat her at this because she lost at the art show. So, you know, she challenges. And Chino doesn't really want to initially enter because she only built her gunpla. Like, she just wanted to build it kind of like to hang out with Say. But after, like, seeing how hard he's in, he and Reiji are fighting, she kind of, like, gets the resolve to fight herself. Yeah. Um, and she's like, hey, can you, say, can you help me uh, control it in battle? And Say is like, I sure fucking can't. I'm so bad. And this is when, like, Reiji just, like, shows up. He, I think he's, like, standing in a tree when he, he shows up at first. Yeah. Yeah. He, he just sort of shows up. Uh, he's unlocked all the fast travel points. Mm-hmm. Uh. Yeah, this is like his spawn point when he when he teleports back. Uh, <laughs> um, and and also the main theme of the show kicks in here. Yeah, it's like we get a training montage. It's really it's a really fun montage. They're playing the song, which is about like you know I uh you've given me the strength to continue, uh, and I will help you uh, make up for your weaknesses and whatnot. Great song, great LP. Uh, and she's like doing like a a little run across the bre across the beach and like uh in the gunpla table she's being taught to control it she's like uh she's getting to do like gunshots uh it's it's very nice it's it's very precious um and she like it ends with her like defeating a zogok in the training which is how she's ready because uh, she destroyed a stationary target um. Mm-hmm. And then we cut to Nils, I guess, like, the, you know, a couple days later. Um, so we learn who Caroline is here because Nils' sponsor is the Yajima Corporation. He's talking to President Yajima and he's like, you know, thank you for the sponsorship and everything. And Caroline bursts in and, like, just grabs Nils and runs off with him because she needs him to train her uh, to play Gunpla too. Um, and then we, like, see Reiji, who's fighting China in the Mark II. Uh, we finally see, like, Bear Guy's holographic eyes and how they kind of, like, flash on and off and everything. Um, mm. It's nice. And he's like, all right, you're, if you can move like that in your battle, you will beat Caroline. And uh, Rinko tells Say, hey, it's getting dark. Walk Chena home. You'll be together forever. <laughs> uh, and they're walking home. And uh, Ray, uh, Say asks Chena, like, hey, why did you get into gunplay battles in the first place? And she doesn't really answer. Um... And then Say kind of like starts, you know, happily gushing about 
how happy he is working with her because it kind of got him out of his gunpla funk. He was like kind of running into a dead end with what he was working on and like the clouds part and like the moon the moon is shining and it's kind of romantic and say I think Say's about to realize that like Sheena just got on a gunpla because she wanted to be close to Say. And Sheena's mm-hmm. like, all right, uh this is far enough. I'm gonna go home now. And she runs off, but she's like happy about it. It's not like this like awkward, sad thing. It's like I get to spend time with Reiji. And honestly, I'm kind of impressed with like how I guess like kind of like nonchalant and normal like the romance in this show is like th- this at first I guess struck me as the kind of show that I'm like why do we need romance in a gun plus show like this Gundam yeah gun plus since it's more like almost slice of lifey I thought it would be like a lot more kind of like anime tropey and it is but I don't know I I kind of like that it's not like this it like it, they joke about it in the show but it's not like kind of like the butt of every single joke and it's like we get to see Say and Sheena just kind of like hanging out like normal people. Like, I guess I'm just kind of surprised the show's being so normal about all of it. <laughs> yeah. Des- yeah. Despite it, it being be, a Gundam show. It, you know, like, 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 even though it's like kind of vague whether or not she's actually his girlfriend or not, there's not like, they're not like pushing it too much. I mean, Rinko is, but. Uh, that's <laughs> Rinko, yeah, Rinko's a different story. <laughs> <laughs> God, it's uh, just this thing that's sort of happening alongside. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. I brought it up before. It, it feels like it was sort of mandated, but the writers were going to have fun with it. Then, in that case, yeah, yeah, like they knew they had to get them together, so they like kind of make it like a pretty natural thing. It's nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's not. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like shoehorned in at all, which is what I appreciate. Uh, and so we cut. It's the next day at the tournament. Uh, Caroline's here, of course. She's been trained by Nils. Uh, Chena plays her first match against this girl named Alice Imai, um, who's piloting the Nobel Gundam Deco, uh, which is really only notable because it is a Noble Gundam, but it is painted with Sailor uh, Jupiter's colors. It's like mm-hmm. like the pink and green. Who is the best Sailor Scout in my humble onion? Mm-hmm. Uh, she kind of is, yeah. I, she's my favorite. Chena's uh, kind of sad because like Say and Reiji aren't here yet, but the battle starts and like. Nobel Gundam immediately goes into Berserk mode and just starts, like, flying at Sheena. And she just, like, has to dodge attacks. And then, like, with a single shot from the bear guy, she destroys the Nobel Gundam. Mm-hmm. Oof. Like, goddamn. All right. I don't think it was that easy in G Gundam, but sure. Uh, and and eventually, Say and Reiji finally do make it uh, to the to the tournament. And they cheer they cheer Sheena uh, on, like, as she's in the middle of a battle with Caroline. Um... And Caroline's Gundam is the Night Gundam, which is our first SD Gundam of the show. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's like it's 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 a Night Gundam. It's a Gundam with night armor, and it kind yeah. of like its legs, its its legs kind of fold out to become a centaur, and it has like a lance and like a sword inside its shield. Um, I'm I'm kind of surprised that like an SD Gundam shows up in here, but I guess they do that later on too. It's just cool to show that they're like the different styles of gunplay that you can have in here. Yeah, something I kind of thought about this weekend was noting that they really emphasize hydrates and SDs, especially the former in the built fighters. Mm-hmm. And I can at least, like, the scale-wise, you don't see the masquerades and stuff. I can at least see, like, it doesn't usually like, fit into the units. And then because yeah. they can actually get destroyed, maybe you don't want to risk your real grade being destroyed either. Yeah, I'm going to slap my fucking perfect grade unicorn on here, and I'm going to be very sad because I'll have been out like $300 if it gets fucked up. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, also I'm at unicorn. Oh, my LEDs. I imagine since this is like aimed at kids, they want to go with something that's a little easier to build and like is a little more affordable. Oh yeah, from like a metal point, it's like. It's easier to manufacture and sell high grades because they're cheaper and stuff. But even in the universe, gonna, it does make a little sense. I'm gonna slam my one fourteen hundred resin scale, uh, fucking GPO one that I got from like the several hundred dollar resin resin kit that has like the the battleships and everything for the battle. And you can't see this fucking thing. This is gonna be like a gnat on the battlefield. If I get touched, I'm dead. But until then, I'll be very fast and zippy and hard to find. <laughs> uh. But, you know, everyone's, like, kind of gawking at how cool the SD Gundam is. And Nils made it, like, because Say notices it, like, oh, wow, it's been painted so well. The cape is actual real cloth. And, you know, Nils was good at this. Uh, it goes centaur mode, and, like, China looks away when Say cheers her on. Caroline ends up knocking her over and, like, stabs her chest. Uh, but the sword kind of bounces off. And we see that the bear guy is full of cotton. <laughs> And this is what kind of cemented it as, like, my the coolest thing in the show. Because China's like, is basically China's OC. She's like, well, it's full of cotton because it used to be a cute teddy bear, but it got turned into a Gundam. She made it OC of it. That's great. Yeah. It's, it's so good. And, like, it opens up the mouth cannon, but just blasts cotton at the, uh, at the night Gundam. And it gets, like, bound up into a ball. <laughs> it's so fucking choice. It's, and uh, It's adorable. I love it. As as Caroline's trying to break out of this, like bear guy dramatically approaches in shadow, its eyes glowing red, and like bowls her out of bounds. Uh, she wins, yay! And like Hooray. it immediately cuts to the end of the day, and she only has the silver trophy. She didn't win the final match because she got her suit like partially destroyed and didn't have any repair parts. But like she's still happy. She got second. Like she still did great. Yeah. And she she thanks the boys, and like say turns around and is like, thank you. Like you showed me new ways to build gunpla. Uh, and Iori says he finally saw it, his own gunpla. So he's, whatever we see next is probably, I don't know if we're going to see much of Build Mark II anymore, because it sure seems like we're going to get like a new strike kind of thing. So I'm looking forward to that. Uh, yeah, it's unfortunate, but me. Yeah, I mean, we got we, we to gotta sell those products. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even but, aware uh, that there's like a Build Strike Mark II high grade and master grade. I Need one master- of them. Fuck. No, God, I can't because I need to get a Master Grade of the regular Mark II first. If they did a Verkaw of that, oh my God. Ugh. I, need, I would need to buy two. I would need to get the Titans version and the Aeg version. Um, but they- but Chena calls Rinko and tells her the good news. And Rinko's like, how is this good news? Say is even more into Gunpla now. Um, but, but you know, uh, Chena assures her, like, oh, it's fine. He, he sees his way through now. He'll be able to get through this, his funk. Um, we get credits, and then after credits, we see Sh- Say is about to show Rawl his finished gunpla, and Rawl tells him, no time for that. Uh, the Kaiser, the previous world champion, was defeated in the finished tournament by a young girl, which is like, I don't know why that's like super urgent news, Rawl, but again, it, it's like, I guess, setting Isla up to be like a pretty big enemy character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Those are episodes. Yeah, it's a girl's a really good one, too. She doesn't use an SD or bear guy. Oh, no. Oh no! Oh, that doesn't compute. A, a woman playing with dolls? No, simply not. Uh, but again, this was like also still is mostly a filler episode. It kind of like is a bridge episode to kind of show how Say gets over his funk and builds whatever he has next. But like again, 
mostly focuses on China. I really liked it. China's a fun character. I like that she's like competent too. It's not like, you know, she's the girl character, therefore she's the worst at everything. Like, no, she kicks ass because she's a really fucking cool bear guy. It's a filler episode made to sell the entire line of bear guys and petite guys. I do oh. love petite bear guys. <laughs> it's so choice. I, I'm kind of sad how difficult it's been to find bear guys and petite guys lately. I know. I guess they just like haven't printed many of them because like I can buy the Haros no problem. Um, and like the petite guys are like the same kind of deal as the Haros where they have that kind of like puzzle piece stand. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could. I would definitely. Oh, there's like a cool like black and it was like a little it's a cat petite guy. It has like a little it's like black and like dark green. It has like a little yellow ribbon. Man, these guys are cool. I'm looking at these like bear guys and I do love how you can like swap out the face plates. It looks like. Yeah, they're fun. Mm-hmm. Um, well, in honor of China Kosaka, the best character of this week, we have a Beyond Toon World. You're going to love this. Trust me. Beyond Toon World! And this week, I have chosen China's voice actor, Yui Ishikawa, who is currently 102nd trending on my favorite website, BehindTheVoiceActors.com. Uh, she was born May 30th, 1989, in Hyogo Prefecture, Japan. She'd been active since 2002. Goddamn. Um, apparently she was six years old when she joined a theater company in Osaka. Uh, so she's, like, been doing this shit for a good amount of time. Um, I think she made her first anime debut in 2007. So she's, she's like, done a lot of stuff. Like, she's won Best Actress in a Leading Role before. She's, she's, again... She's 102nd ranked popular-wise on Behind the Voice Actors, so she's been at this for a while. Um, So kind of going back, um, the first anime she was in was uh, Heroic Age as Dianella. Whatever. Um, She's kind of had two smaller roles in the Tower of Juraga and Psychic School Wars. And then her first, like, very big role uh, was, unfortunately, in the very bad show of Attack on Titan as Mikasa. Mm-hmm. Um, but hey, get your bag, I guess. Um, she voiced a character called Reina in Pokemon Origins, which I don't remember. I think Reina might have been like Blue's sister. I don't know. She voiced Utica in Lupin the Third, Princess of the Breeze, Hidden City in the Sky. It's kind of a mouthful. Um, she voices Rosa Mia in Grand Blue Fantasy. In 2014, a little TV show called Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc V. Uh-huh. Or perhaps Arc 5. Look, I learned a while back that Yu-Gi-Oh! Zexal is actually pronounced Yu-Gi-Oh! Zayal. And so I Arc V, Arc V could be Arc 5 or whatever. I, Dan, I promise you this, I will insist on calling it Yu-Gi-Oh! Zayal for the entire run of that show. Oh. <laughs> uh, but in Yu-Gi-Oh! Arc V or perhaps Arc 5, she voices a character called Lara Akaba and also a character called Olga. I don't know how important either of these are. Hard I, to say. I guess I'll point out that Arc 5 is is just, like, called that in part because it is the fifth Yu-Gi-Oh! series. Yeah, you know, it's what it says on the tin. Can't fault them for that. Um, Starting in 2014, in the Sword Art Online video games, she is a character called Philia, who looks cool enough. She has a neat sword. As I've been saying, like, if you have a cool sword, that's cool character development. Uh, In 2015, video game of Fire Emblem Fates, another not great game, but she voices Rinka, who's like... The really buff uh, woman that you get really early on, who's like a barbarian class, I think. Uh, Rinka's fun. In 2015, a video game called Pokémon Tournament, a game that I really, really enjoy. 
Uh, she voices Anne, who's like this cloaked figure who controls Shadow Mewtwo in that game. God, I love Pokemon. I want a second one of those games so bad. Um, in 2016, a movie called A Silent Voice, she voices Miyoko Sahara. Uh, I don't remember if she was the main character in that show, but she's a character in that show for sure. Um, or movie, not show. Let's see. What else? There's a lot of stuff. Um, oh, here we go. This is a pretty big deal. 2017, a little video game called Near Automata. Ooh. Um, she voices none other than the main character, 2B. I like that game. That was pretty fun. Yeah, yeah. I, it, look, the game follows the metric. My metric of a good video game is a video game that can make you cry. Therefore, Nier Automata is a good video game. It, it can make you cry. This is true. Uh, this is so I true. still need to play that. And it's on PS4, I, so I can probably play it at some point. I gotta still finish fucking Nier Replicant. I'm like almost at the first ending of that. There's too many games out there. Pokemon comes out in like 12 days as of recording. It's I'm like, 12 I'm days? Ready. Wow. It's November 18th. Yeah. And wow. Sonic Frontiers comes out in two days. From yeah. Two days. Oh my God. I, I so, I so badly want Frontiers to be good. Oh my God. I want it to be oh, good so badly. Dang. I mean, like dang. I want all Sonic games to be good, but like just the idea of running around the open world of Sonic doing cool tricks and shit is like, gets mm-hmm. me, it gets me excited. Yeah, it looks pretty good. Uh, and, and, and and Big the Cat's there, so I don't even know what I'm worried about. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2017, video game of Azure Lane. Uh, she voices USS Enterprise, which is really funny because you think, no, it's not the Star Trek one. There's a real there's a real ship that's a lot less exciting than the Star Trek ship, also called the USS Enterprise. Right. Um, in Nino Kuni 2 Revenant Kingdom, a video game that's better than the first Nino Kuni, she voices Alfini. In Cells at Work, she voices Kohai Red Blood Cell. Uh, she voices Quinn in the, I guess, recently discontinued video game Dragalia Lost, but people were really into that for a hot minute. I remember that. Um, she voices Mina Maji- Majikina in Samurai Showdown, the 2019 version. Um, in 2020's Pokemon Twilight Wings, which is a nice little ONA, she voices Marnie. Um, she's in a lot of gotcha games. She's in Arknights as Liskarm and Nightingale. Uh, she voices Amy in Dragon Quest, The Adventure of Die, like the 2020 reboot of it. Uh, she's two characters in Octopath Traveler Conquers the Continent, the gotcha mobile game that I was really sad about because I love Octopath and I don't want JRPG gotcha games. Mm-hmm. Hurts my feelings a little bit. Yeah. Um, I feel like every fucking character um, voices someone in Cookie Run these days. I don't know Cookie Run. I understand it's also a gotcha game, but it's I like got a lot cookies. of characters. So yeah, she's Midnight. Why. She's everyone's favorite character, Midnight Cookie. <laughs> Cookie Run Kingdom. Um, in 2021's Mobile Suit Gundam Hathaway, she voices Emerald Azubin, who's the, the woman in the Mafti organization who pilots the really cool commander-type master that's, like, purple and red. Very cool there. Um, and the last, uh, most notably for me, because uh, it's, like, my favorite video game franchise, in Monster Hunter Rise, mm-hmm. uh, Sunbreak, specifically, she voices the character Fiorain, who is, like... You're kind of like, I guess she should. She's like the sister of one of the characters in base games, and she shows up and she's like, "Hey, everything's fucked over in the DLC area. You want to come help out?" Uh, and you can, and she's really cool, and she has cool armor, and she has a cool sword and shield, and she helps you defeat like a demon uh, mole dragon thing. And that's Yui Ishikawa. Hmm. Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, to be we like to be here in this household. Um, so before we kind of cool down and do plugs, uh, Yuria. What's your robot of the week? Ooh, ooh. Oh man, there's so many that appeared in this. <laughs> uh, 
I'm actually going to have to give it to the camp for amazing. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really seen much of it, but it's based off the camper, which is from War in the Pocket, a really good and fucking depressing movie. <laughs> if I mean, you want to really camp- cry this Christmas, watch War in the Pocket. Yeah, play near Automata and watch War in the Pocket. <laughs> the tear, the tears will come. You will see the tears of time. Um, I mean, all right. War in the Pocket is also really good, like wow, cool robot deconstruction. So. <laughs> Excellent. That's what we're here for. Um, and now it's time for plugs. Where can we find us on the internet, Dan? Uh, you can find me at a lot of places. You can find all those places at biggerchallenge.card.co. Uh, I'm just going to list off these podcasts that I'm on, which include Pod of Greed, a Yu Gi Oh podcast. We're getting very close to the end of uh, season four of Yu Gi Oh GX, and therefore. The end of Yu-Gi-Oh! GX as a whole. Uh, you can listen to The Sonic Shuffle, a Sonic podcast. Uh, our 100th episode is coming up, and we've decided to dedicate it to talking about Devin's favorite character, Dr. Starline, in the uh, IDW miniseries, uh, Bad Guys. Uh, you can listen to uh, Video games, the movie, the podcast, a video game movie review podcast I do with my friend Maxi. Last time, we had Emery on to talk about uh, Pokemon, the first movie. And our next film is going to be uh, Professor Layton and the Eternal Diva. Oh, uh, it, that's a... Oh, I love that movie. It's a really good movie. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, uh, yeah, that's, that's it for me. Uh, oh, also... Visit at Xbox underscore holidays uh, to celebrate holidays with Xbox. Uh, oh, happy daylight savings, Xbox. That happened. Nothing happy about it. It's fucking dark already, and it's not even 6 p.m. It starts <laughs> right now. We're recording this on the day that we all got an extra hour of sleep. But for what For uh, what cost? An extra hour of sleep on a Sunday. On a Oh, God. I'm, look. I don't trust the government to do most things, but don't fuck this one up, Congress. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna spring forward next year, and we're gonna fucking keep it like that forever. Yeah, we're, we're sick and tired of it. I don't care that the guy who who suggested it was a dude who wanted more time during the day to look at bugs. He did it like honorably, but it's been it's been perverted into something that ra- wreaks havoc. Listen, it's it's twenty twenty two. We have. All sorts of sources of light. We have flashlights. We have cell phones. We have mm-hmm. uh, we have glow we, sticks. We have gunpla LEDs. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I don't know. I need to get some some for my brick house. Uh. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's it for me. Fuck daylight savings. What about you, Yuria? Uh, once again, I'll plug six feet under because uh, the final episodes of Mouse Guard are being. Well, the finale part one has been edited. That's, well, I need to see how long that was. That was over three hours for our recording. And, uh, well, with Twitter in its current state, you can, I mean, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still there at your gal area. Uh, but I am also now on, well, I've been on co-host since summer. So uh, I might co-host uh, just username Yuria because I claimed it early. So hell yeah. Ooh, that's good. And at some point, I should make a card because I do have a couple of accounts that I haven't really used, but I should probably use them more anyway. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I 
get, still got Maxi Bajillion on co-host because it's simply my brand and I really hope I don't ever not like the brand because like everything is Maxi Bajillion for me. Um, which you can go to Twitter and follow me for that account. Uh, Dan mentioned Pot of Greed, our Yu-Gi-Oh! show. It's really fucking fun. Please listen to it. Uh, you can go to Slappers Only Pod on Twitter to listen to our video game music show on Podcast Slappers Only. Um, it'll happen when it happens. Sorry. Um, you can go to Wow Cool Podcast on Twitter to find this show. You can go to Discord. Uh, there's Discord links in episode descriptions and the Twitter header to come join us and post your gunpla like Jay's Talkies Flugel that they just posted. Um, you can go to noisebase.xyz to uh, listen to this and a bunch of other shows. There's so many um, potting bros. Jordan and Sam just started a series about Doctor Who, but there's the little twist. Every episode is random. Yeah. It's all wibbly, it's all wibbly wobbly, timey wimey in it. Uh, so do that, please. And that will uh, do it for all of us. Um, thank you for listening. Next week, I don't, okay. I don't know what I'll do next week because apparently G Witch's next episode is just going to be like a recap, but it's not actually going to be episode seven. So we might do build again. I'm not sure. I'll have to see. I might just do one episode of G Witch and just have it be like a nice little short and sweet one, which would, I guess, make it so that when we finish that at first core on episode 12, uh, it'll like I won't have to do that episode for one. So whatever's in your feed next week, you'll have known already. But until then. As we always say, uh, buy our toys. Wow. Cool robot. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye. All right.